My head's spinning so much from the hurt and the wine that I almost don't hear the doorbell. It rings again, the bright sound of the artificial bell chiming through my apartment. I stand, frozen with indecision in the kitchen, for a heartbeat. Two. And then I push off from the counter, take a deep breath, and walk, a little wobbly, but with purpose, toward the front door. I'm so keyed up that when I pull open the door, it takes almost a full ten seconds to fully understand what's on the other side of the door. And even then, I'm not quite certain I'm seeing things right. Because Angie's there, a full four hours late to celebrate Christmas with me, and she doesn't look remotely apologetic for that fact. And she's not dressed for dinner. She's actually still dressed in the clothes she wears to her community service work, the jeans with the tattered knees, and her old Melissa Etheridge concert t-shirt. And she doesn't have the bottle of wine she swore up and down she'd bring, and that I base the meal around. But none of that is very important. I wouldn't have minded if she'd shown up in pajamas if she'd only acted like I was important enough to her to remember, if she'd acted like Christmas Eve dinner was a big deal. But none of that matters, because the most important thing is that, as she leans against the wall out in the hallway, Angie just happens to be standing next to an enormous gray wolf, on a leash. Angie does community service work. Nothing really bad, just a lot of parking tickets that piled up and weren't paid because she forgot about them at the local animal shelter. She's actually not a big animal person, but it's what the judge ordered, and, to Angie, it was better than picking junk up off the side of the road. So, yes, she probably did just come from the shelter. But that still doesn't explain what's right in front of me. I stare at the animal with wide eyes, hardly believing what I'm seeing. I live in downtown Boston, by the way, and, impossibly, here is a wolf that has her shoulders level with Angie's hips. The wolf is enormous, her great gray pelt of fur all shaggy and covered in snow. She has beautiful, intelligent blue eyes that immediately stare up into my own, and a graceful face as she lifts her long nose up to me. I open and shut my mouth twice before I manage to finally splutter. Angie? What? Hi, Mandy, Angie tells me a big grin splitting her face as she wrangles the enormous animal, who resolutely does not want to set foot into my apartment, across the threshold. Angie pushes past me as she drags the wolf into my living room. I wanted to get a big bow to put on her collar, she begins, talking a mile a minute, but all the stores were closed after I got off my volunteer shift, even the craft stores, and it's not as if they would have liked me to bring her in there to buy a bow, and... Angie. I say again, still spluttering, as the wolf sits down placidly at the front of my living room and Angie sprawls on my couch, putting her muddy snow boots up on my coffee table with a thunk. What? I repeat again, a little more sharply this time. Angie glances up at me in surprise, tossing her black ponytail over her shoulder as she shrugs a little. I brought you your Christmas present, she proudly declares, indicating the wolf in the center of my living room. Merry Christmas! she adds almost dutifully, and then she crosses her arms in front of her and smiles smugly at me. I take a deep breath, bracing my hand on the doorframe behind me, because the shock of a wolf in my living room is making me a little more wobbly than the wine did. I take a deep breath, try to keep my voice level. You must be joking. What? she asks, offense and hurt leaking into her tone. You don't like her? I thought you love dogs. That's not a dog, I point out, as the wolf practically sighs and shifts her weight on her back haunches, 
her tail thumping once against the carpeting. That's a wolf. Not true, says Angie, dismissively, standing and striding over to the wolf like she's a small terrier. She pats the wolf's head, ruffling behind her ears, an action the wolf clearly does not like. But that doesn't stop Angie, who keeps grinding her hand down on the wolf's head. Who's a good puppy? She drawls to the wolf in the most sappy baby voice possible. Admittedly, I use sappy baby voices on my two cats, but even I know that they require a pinch of dignity every now and again. And the wolf in my living room? Every line and inch of her exudes dignity. Which is somewhat being marred by the fact that Angie's ruffling her ears and cooing at her.